Thank you so very much. <clears throat> um, Pastor Andre and uh, Wahi have um, somehow we got here. I, I'm, we're, we're out of Auckland, out of Auckland prison. <laughs> I've, I've been in a, I've been um, four or five. I can't, lost count how many times I've been in Auckland Central and West Auckland um, Station, Mount Eden. Um, I've been in jail probably twice. Um, I've had numerous bail restrictions put on me. So many I felt sometimes I couldn't move or speak. Um, I think they run out of bail restrictions to give me after a while. <laughs> so, um, yes. And then I annoyed them recently to send my lawyer back to the High Court and um, I sent a, um, a letter or email to the uh, police commissioner. Um, the Crown uh, lawyers and my lawyer to get together to see if we can get a quickie off for me so I can get to Wellington last week, you know, but um, they said, like how we're letting Brian Tamaki loose. Um, so that was basically it. I couldn't um, get those bail restrictions let off, even though I'm not guilty. Do I look like a guilty man? <laughs> of course not. And I mean, being a criminal for talking about our freedoms and our rights um, since our country has changed, nobody in this country should be waking up surprised, mind you, I say that, and a big percentage of the population are still believing uh, what our government is saying and doing. So I was going to say, look, you can't, you can't miss it. We're in trouble. We've been in crisis. There's been a huge cataclysmic fracture of our society. But it's a different one. It's not a war. Well, everybody could say, oh, we're in trouble because we're getting bullets fired at us. You're actually traveling around. You guys look like you're being free and, you know... <laughs> Well, you're wrong. You're not free. That's the problem. You see, you got conditioned to it, and that's what she does. They're not making it absolutely obvious that they're taking away your liberties and your rights. Liberty means you're free to do whatever you want without any restrictions. That's what liberty is. Galatians 5, 1 says, um, stand, therefore stand on the liberty. Okay, liberty is that. You know, have a seat. Yeah, here we go. So liberty is about being free. You can't drive anywhere you go. You can't hug your, your friends. You couldn't at one stage go to Tangi. Um, it has limitations. Somebody, the notice giver said, no taking liveies. You should be able to do what you want. But even down here where you are free, supposedly, in Auckland, we had far more restrictions. We had borders around our city. And um, I've had more restrictions than most people because of the, the breaches that I've done in doing this preaching. Um, so, look, you know, there's, there's something really wrong. Yeah. It's just not right. Yeah. I mean, you wake up, I'm still in my house, it was just, um, and you can still hop in the car and go here and there, but we were restricted up there, you could hear. Uh, if you haven't felt that there's not much wrong, when 2022 hits you and you're going to be caught off guard, it could be too late for you and your children and your mukos. Yeah. I mean that. I'm warning you that 2022 is going to be a very dark year. It's going to be savage. When we get back after Christmas, if we make it through, if she doesn't pull the covers back and take us back out of traffic lights to levels, because of another variant, they'll keep bringing variants in. They will get you. You won't be free soon. And it's too late then to start to think that, um, you know, I've got to do something more than what I'm doing. And that's why I've done what I've done. 
I needed a God inspiration, not that I didn't know what was going on, but it's best to act when God uh, gives you the word that God's timing is better. And um, that was clear to me. And so that's what we did on the 2nd of October. And I took my uh, team and my pastors and I committed them and said that we are going to put our whole, I'm going to put my 40 years of life and ministry on the line and all our churches, you didn't know this, um, but um, that's what I, I said, that if we don't do this, at that time that would have been a crazy decision, but look what happened. She went after the, all the mega churches are in Auckland, the churches that are 1,000 over. Um, they're all in Auckland. I believe she targeted them alongside other things, but the restrictions of 100 and under, I think, is the best we can get. That means it cuts our churches at the knees, it cuts the big mega churches down. And that's what she's done. So she said about from last year, and I knew last year that she was after the church because I knew the spirit that they were operating in uh, rather than just looking, waiting for her methodology and to roll out all of the, the strategies and so forth. She was driven by a deeper thing. And so um, back there, I knew that we would have to one day take the plunge, stand up to the bully, because if you don't stand up to the bully, then the bully is empowered when you comply. So when you sit still and don't even do nothing, you're still empowering the bully. It's all about empowerment when it comes to you as an individual. Just forget your, just momentarily forget your husband or your wife. So I'm talking to you and I'm talking to her and the children if they understand me. For you to be empowered, self-empowered, is critical in this hour to be able to stand and fight properly. I mean, we lean on each other, but, you know, it's in, it's in I mean, it starts with a person who, whose name was Rosa Parks. And if you know who Rosa Parks was, she's the African-American woman who stood, or did stood, she sat. She hopped on the bus after blacks were discriminated and weren't allowed on the bus, or if they got, got on some of these mixed buses, they weren't allowed to sit at the front. They could sit at the back or something like that. But on this occasion, she was on a bus that she's not supposed to be, and she went in, sat down, and when they, the white uh, bus driver and the ticket holder come and said, you've got to get off this bus, the first thing she said was, no. Yeah. Sounds easy, doesn't it? I was surprised when it got to October this year and nobody had stood before me. I was surprised. Absolutely surprised. I knew what I could do. I thought by the time October came that there would have been plenty of other people who would have stood, plenty of other groups uh, or whatever. But really in New Zealand and Australia was banging in the whole uh, protest around Europe they were going and uh, things were happening in our country, but nothing had happened. It was pretty calm and peaceful. Nobody stood. You don't need a whole lot of people. You only need one person. Rosa Parks sat in that bus. She was one. Dr. Martin Luther King followed, of course. He was one. Then there was Gandhi in India. He was one. Then there are many other names. There was Mandela in South Africa. He was one. There are, there are many more. It all starts with you, with one. Somewhere along the line, 
you've got to believe yourself enough. You understand what I'm saying? Because it starts with you. I believe you. God believes you. Do you believe you? And, and, and my point here, you empower you by believing you. That's why Paul could say, I can do all things then through Christ. Most people like the last part and say, through Christ, I can do all things. That's back to front. God helps me. No, he doesn't. He won't help you if you won't help yourself. And, and it says, Paul says, I can do all things. So the I came before Jesus. He put himself before God first. He was doing something. If I can do it, God will give me the strength. That's what he was saying. This is Philippians. So that means you've got to take the risks of life. You've got to take the risks of upsetting your husband or upsetting your wife. You'll have to take the risk of upsetting your whanau, upsetting your hapu, upsetting your iwi, upsetting your mates, upsetting the gang, upsetting the brothers, the sisters, upsetting where you work. And I know I'm saying something here because a lot of people couldn't make solid decisions all by themselves, for themselves, and through themselves because they relied very deeply on externals. I'm not for a minute saying that if you, you need your job, you need that group of people, you need your friends, you need your family, you need money, you need all of those things. But none of those things are more important than what you believe about you. That's the defining, that's the defining power that gives you the power to be able to stand in any situation, any seasons, no matter what the devil throws at you. Satan himself could appear in your bedroom. I'd just look at him and go to sleep. Satan's no threat to me. I'm bigger than him. He's not bigger than me. Why would I be scared of Satan? So if I'm not scared of Satan, I'm not scared of any of his little demons. Call me what you like. I'm living a good life. And I don't have to live in your skin, and you don't have to live in mine. So you've got to live in you. So how good is that? <laughs> What's that feel like being you? You can't jump in my skin. I'm sorry, you can't be me. I found out when I was a young and I was glad that I wasn't too, you know, steady about myself and secure about myself. It's amazing. There's not one single person that is insecure when they set out in life. No doubt about it. Many people are very self-conscious. They're not uh, comfortable in their own skin. They um, feel that they are not quite altogether presentable in life. They can get into their late 60s and 70s and still die with a low self-esteem. Yeah. I heard about a guy who was 93 years old who congratulated a speaker once because <clears throat> he talked about accepting yourself and believing in you, and he suddenly had an explosion in his heart and his life, and suddenly, all those 93 years, believed that he wasn't good enough. And suddenly at that moment, he believed him. He'd believed God for a good 60 years. And he suddenly stood up and said, for the first time in my life, I can say, my future looks bright. Yeah. 93. Okay, thank you for your three claps. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Because this is all about 
at this time and moment, something that God says to Joshua, and that's where he took me to. Took me to Joshua for the word to stand to get this whole thing up going. All these protests, all these people, all that's happening. Yes, I was Googled, the most Googled man in 2022, but that only happened in three months. And, and this car, I think Judith was hanging around. I don't know how she got there, but anyway. <laughs> and apparently in three months, I had 100, over 100 stories in the press. But I'm, I'm not saying all that. What am I saying that for? Because I wasn't even aware of that stuff. I don't do the bean counting. I don't walk out there to see if I can get 100 stories in three months. I was actually thinking of retiring before that. Going around your beaches here. Living in Whakatane, that's retirement. <laughs> you, hey, you weren't supposed to like that. I was implying that you it's easy here. We follow our fellas, us fellas out there fighting every day and night, mental battles, psychological battles, fighting off the wolves and fighting this and planning that and getting chased by cops, getting run down by the media, going to prison, and you're at the beach. Oh, I got something for you today. Hey. I want to say online, welcome. If, if people are online now, just hang around. I've got a, I got a, I got a word. i got something to say. It's more God's got something to say, but I'll say it to help it be palatable. I want to welcome any guests, first-timers, who are locking online, of course. My beloved church in Auckland, who, who know how to have church in front of a TV and a phone or a laptop, you know, somewhere in a house or a car, whatever. And um, I just love all of you. I love, I, love the, the, I love the new family that we found in our protest groups around the country. And I love my nation. I love my nation that much that I'm willing to uh, put extra time out of my life to be able to fight the fight with you and everybody here to see that we get a better future, that we, we have change. All right. So what I want to do, what's next? What's happening? Okay, you threw something out there and said 2022 is going to be a rough time. Well, we already had uh, little signs from Chris Hipkins um, on TV before Christmas, just before, well, before Christmas now, uh, before we went for our break. He said that in January, we're going to jab little Junior. We're coming after your babies. Did you hear that? He said we're going to roll out the vaccine now for five-year-olds to 11-year-olds. So not only have they been coercing, pushing, bribing, giving you fellas chicken and uh, all sorts of, uh, you know, basket full of groceries if you just get the jab. That's what they did. And they went on a campaign around the country offering money to people, offering all sorts of prizes. But you've got to tell me, if you went out for KFC or some of your whanau, you want to say that's a disgraceful act. You just took your mana down into the mud. And took your whānau just to have a feed of KFC, and then you took some unknown uh, liquid into your body that has not been tested or checked, has, that hasn't been proven yet, and even the, uh, the creators of it, or the makers of it, the produce, Pfizer in America, can't even themselves give a guarantee that it's fully safe. And now we're well down the track a bit, but it's only in 2023, which is still a year and a half away, or a good, no, yeah, a good year away, that they said they can actually tell you that it's okay to have it. Can you believe that? 
I mean, I, honestly, I mean, I don't want to go too much into this stuff. Oh, well, I will a little bit, but, you know, if somebody who makes this stuff can't let me know what's in it, and, a, and apparently the pattern or the data to what all is in that um, substance, that liquid, that they put in the syringe to put into your, your lungs, heart, blood, brains, tissue, nerve system, bones. Getting that stuff in you, know, I don't want anybody to feel really down. If you've been vaxxed, I, I love you. I, mean, I, don't, I don't have any discrimination. I'm just talking about the facts, please. So they, they could not release the data on that. And they're saying something like in way in 2070 whatever, six so I'll be about a hundred and whatever, something odd years old. Uh, you know, so, I mean, why would you take that long to reveal something? I mean, they're letting little, they're slipping little tidbits out. I don't think they're being honest, to be honest. They're not honest with it. I wouldn't even take a glass of water that I was suspicious there'd be some little bug in it. I mean, you know, I mean I'm just, you know, I'm trying to, you know, it's, I mean, why would we just believe somebody we've never met? Have you, how many in here have met Jacinda personally? Oh, not a single hand. So you have not met her personally? Has anybody met old Hipkin? Hipkins. What about our mate Ashley Bloomfield? There's not a single hand. Not, nobody's met them and we all trust them. How many's had a conversation with them? No hands, including mine. How many's had a conversation with the Minister of Health who's leading us? Bloomfield. No? No? How many have got some information off those three, including Jacinda Ardern? No? So, all oh, big fat no's. There's no way that anybody can come from around the street there I don't know and say, I've got an injection I'm going to put into you, brother. Take it. Hey? Well, he's a pill. Some do. But here's a drink. What is it? Or what's in it? Wouldn't you? I bet you all of those who took the jab would be suspicious of a, of a bro down the road. You're probably closer to him than you are to just Ardern or Hipkins or Bloomfield. You know what I mean? I mean, somebody we don't know, we've not met, not discussed, gives us a, a thing and tells you, by the way, I've got to stir up a bit of fear here. That's the worst virus that's spreading around. The worst spreading the virus has been spread is by the government called fear. Okay, so we get you all fear and tell you there's a killer germ out there, a disease that's going to smack you over. We all ran to our houses in 2020, in February and March. We all got in there. It was quite novel, actually, because somebody, a lot of people realised that they were married. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm right about that because, you know, husband and wife started a while after, what the heck? And they were arguing within 48 hours, you know, and the kids were busting up and they, people didn't even know each other. That's, I'm talking about family, because they were locked in to a place called a home. So there were, were some problems with what you call as the normal life. There was a lot of problems in there. It just, run, just nobody talked about it, as long as he had freedoms to do it. You know what I mean? So, so we get into this point now where we know that there has been some problems with the vaccinations. There's been some injuries, many there's been some deaths now. They're starting to bubble up. That there is some stuff going on. Everything is not kosher. It's not, not going as it should. So we've all travelled along. We've come to this place now. We've been through the lockdowns and there's been all this stuff. So, so we've stood as a movement. I am not a nutcase, right? 
I'm not crazy. I, in spite of what the mainstream media have, have tagged me, dogged me with, not just recently, for years. And it's, it's nothing to do, because these are a new breed of journalists, like little schoolboys coming up to me. And I look at them and I thought, I haven't seen your little face around before. Where's your father and grandfather used to report rubbish on me? I was going to say another word, gosh. He used to pour, um, speak rubbish about me. See, the generations of media have changed. And now we're facing a whole new breed of media. But how come they know that they don't know me, have never interviewed me, but they want to attack me? They want to write rubbish about us or me. I won't include you. Yeah, but you're included by implications, Hannah said. How, how, does, how does that work? Because it's a, it's a spiritual uh, inheritance passed on. And even though they have information in the past, they've still got the same sort of animal I faced back there in previous generations of media. So they sell a narrative. But why? Because they, they knew long ago that as we were getting people like you and many other churches called Destiny Churches across this nation, this group, this movement were different. That, that preacher Brian Tamaki is different. He's not, there's something about him that makes him a dangerous man. There's something about you that makes you dangerous. If you want a quiet, peaceful, useless, <laughs> no good life, don't join us. And you're saying, that's a bit harsh. Well, how many churches jumped out with me? How many, how many pastors that I've grown up with and reverends and bishops and denominations and churches in this country, now that they've, she's hammered our churches and these guys are now um, compliant and they've been subjugated, so now they've done things that they should never have done. And that's why I'm talking like I'm talking, because they've left it too late. And if you follow God, if you follow the revelation of the Word of God, and where revelation is there's light, and you stick with that, then you'll be fully armed and you'll be useful for the fight. And, and that's what matters. What matters is that we raise the movement. I raise the movement based on biblical revelation, about spiritual fathering, about apostolic ministry, about sonship about getting our lives clean and right, about turning up to the house of God, about giving what you should be giving and then forcing and sometimes pushing you beyond lines of being wanting to be disciplined, to break away from old habits. Couldn't get out of bed, can't work very long. You know, crooked, smoking dope and all sorts of stuff. Oh, it's quiet and pee. <laughs> you know, and all that sort of stuff and, and violence and and ha-ha, you know, that sort of stuff. See, I had to change my life. I had to get out of ha-ha. I had to get out of lazy. I had to get out of dishonesty. I had to start supervising my life and getting my money right, getting my relationships right, getting my fathering right, getting my, getting my head right, and then cutting, cutting across brothers and sisters, cutting across my parents, cutting across my whanau, cutting across my iwi. It's a lonely walk when nobody else is walking with you. And you're prone to be hit because you're the ugly duckling. You're the stray one. You're the black dog. You're the one that's not walking with everybody else. You're not talking like them. You're not hanging like them. You're not dressing like them. No, I didn't. And I didn't do that to be arrogant or smart because I knew if I touched the depths of Christ, 
then he would, I believe, if I believe what he was saying in here, then I would believe it and then follow it. And he said he would do something with my life. He promised that he would love me no matter what I did. That's more than anybody. He, he forgave me. He believed in me. Nobody else believed in me when I stood and when I started. Nobody wanted us to even succeed. And when we tried to do something that nobody else at that time did, we were knocked back by people who said, you're too young. You're not educated enough. You don't look the part. You don't speak the part. In fact, you can't speak, they used to say to me. They said all sorts of stuff to Hannah and I. We were knocked back by people who should have known better. We were cut off at the pass because other people they thought were better qualified for it got them before you. Whether it was by race or by status or by education, we have felt it all. And then we were on a lonely path because my family left and then my brothers and sisters left and my friends started to go. And then I had to make a decision and Hannah and I, we said, we stay put. And the church was dysfunctional. That church was dysfunctional. But it's that unusual kind of decision making that I had and possessed that made me different at that time. But it was not different to me. It could have been contested as being wrong. You know, you're just arrogant or you just want to be somebody. Remember the old days when you used to go around? You're too big for your boots. Little, we used to say that. You're too big for your boots, mate. You know, and you get anybody wants to slap you down. What makes you any different from us? All that sort of stuff. Who do you think you are? And I learned quickly that all of what people were living by and saying, I did the opposite to. Yeah. Actually, I can tell you right now, most things that you... Most things that you know now do the opposite too. <laughs> and when you get tired, jump up. Go for the run or go and do the thing. When you want to give up, you don't. You put your toes in, you dig your fingernails into the side of the rock and you say, I'm going to do this damn thing. When you say, I can't do it anymore, you say, I can. When somebody says you're useless, you say, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm awesome. When you say, who do you think you are? If you got time, I can give you a long list of, of adjectives like brilliant, fantastic, great. Then they start thinking that, looking at you say you're arrogant. So I said, well, okay, if I'm arrogant, I'll let God deal with me. Because I can't afford to be too small. Otherwise... If you're too small, you can't handle the big things that God wants to do in your life. And when small's got a hold of you, it's hard to be great. Anyway, I, I'm not done. Um, I better. This is for the ones online. Stay, stay with me. I want to talk about something here. Up till recently, we've been in levels and lockdowns and over here. And then you notice that our Prime Minister and the health, Ministry of Health took us into the traffic lights, remember? So we've been, uh, for a while, standing, which was right for our, our freedoms and our rights. We've been stripped of those, um, and hugely. We have a, a government that is obsessed by control. There's no doubt about it. Um, it's, it's wrecked our country. For two years, they've taken my life. They've taken away from you and me for the last two years. We've lost a, a life that we should have had. 
That's why I said to you before, well, you're not free. We could have done a lot more. Could have traveled to places. Could have been free to go to any shop I like. Could go any place on the aeroplane and fly without being checked by my papers or my ID. Or to be looked at by people that, that you felt sort of, you know, that you had to be checked or something was wrong. Or every time you see police, are they going to pull you over? All this sort of stuff. That's what happened. And so we've got to a point now where recently she pulled the traffic lights up. Now, I've been in this country uh, all my life, of course, born in here in New Zealand. And you all know my history, but so I want to go there. And my, my breeding is um, I'm, I'm Māori from my father's side and European from my mum's. So I've grown up in the culture of what I've known as, as New Zealand, as a Kiwi. Uh, and had the privilege of being on both sides. Had a wonderful upbringing. I, I believe we live in the best country in the world. This country, the land of the free, the land that had the best national anthem in it, whether you like it or not, but it's got the greatest words. Did you know there's five verses, I think, in the national anthem? Isn't there five verses? There's only two lines that are repeated in every verse. Anybody know them? Hey? Eh? God defend New Zealand. That's one. What's the other one? God defend the free land. This is the only two lines. Coincidence? That every, every five verses that are different, but every single one of those verses repeats those two lines. God defend our free land and God defend New Zealand. Did you hear that? God defend our free land. Too many young people in here. Because you've got to appreciate your... Maybe your grandfathers or your great-grandfathers and my grandfather and his brothers, I had seven of my whanau, left on foreign fields, buried somewhere in Italy uh, and over there, died in the Second World War, fighting for God, uh, for our country and the king at that time. That's the three things. They were fighting for God. They were fighting for our country, our free land, so that we wouldn't be speaking German today or taken over by another country or land or, or oppressed or, or, or made, to, made to be anything less than totally free. In the last two years, we've had something worse than Nazi Germany in my country. That's worked in a different way, not with guns, bullets and bombs, but with psychological warfare of fear and words and manipulation and bewitching and casting a spell and hypnotizing a whole damn nation to one woman who could use the power of her bewitching. Not a single gun's been put in our face, not a single shot fired, no tanks, no bomb, no armies. One o'clock in the afternoon, just talking words, and she's taken away all our freedoms, taken away our rights, taken away our country. She's hijacked our New Zealand. She's, she's now uh, bringing another foreign country, a foreign ideology. Managed to talk us all into getting many injections, not just one. One, two, three, she promised just one at first, and no, get double jab. And you'll be free. She lied again. And now she said you've got to have three before we get free. Free. Three before we get free. Boosters. If I was the vaccinated, by now I'd be saying, you're lying to us. And she promised that she wouldn't mandate the vaccines. She lied. 
We got mandated, we got coerced, we got brought or bought, we got bribed. I mean, I'm only touching on some of them. So, where are we now? She's robbed my country. We're not a free land. If you don't know that by now, we were locked up for over a hundred days in the largest city with borders around it. There has been many suicides that have risen since the two years. The domestic violence has gone through the roof. We can't measure it. If I talked about that now, I won't be able to quickly get on to what I'm going to do and just throw. Domestic violence has gone through the roof. So has mental health problems. 70% of the police force, frontline workers, are, are spent in actually helping with people in their home, you know, their, their health of their life. Their, 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 their actual health of their own life, psychologically, I mean, emotionally. I, I mean, I'm not even talking about the businesses that they've probably lost, the jobs that they've lost. Crash, he's crashed. Thousands, tens of thousands of businesses have crashed. Many have lost jobs. Many livelihoods have been taken away. Families you don't know of now are there. They, they got terrible difficulty issues that the kids are going to pick up. And we haven't measured yet the fallout from the mental health problems, the stress, the strain, the mental misery brought on by this woman and that Labour government who now I have no compulsion, no hesitation in saying to you that this is the cruelest, the meanest, the most wicked government I have ever known in my whole life, and I've seen a few of them. It is cruel to watch people die, to inject them so that they, they have outcomes where their lives are lost of young and many are injured, to force people out of their livelihoods and to actually force many that I know who took the jab but they didn't want to. It was against their will, but they did not want to lose their business or their job because they needed the money because they got a mortgage, they got bills to pay, and they felt that if they were suddenly didn't want to follow their choice, they'd lose everything. How demeaning. How, how does that change a man and his wife or his woman and his children when he did it because he didn't want to lose his income? But he didn't want to. His, real, his bottom line decision is, I wouldn't have taken the jab because I was healthy and I didn't think I needed it and I wanted time to check it. See, that's good stuff right there. But she made it so and gave dates, the mandate by then, if you have not had the first jab or the second jab, you'll lose your job. Jab or loss of job. So now the whole country, your status... Who you are is determined by vaccine. So it's gone further. Went out of levels. Then she took it into traffic lights. Traffic lights was the introduction now of, of mandated vaccines, but it was to the point now that she was going to make a different, a definite demarcation, a line between the vaxxed and they're unvaccinated. So as I'm talking about, our whole lives are determined by a liquid in a syringe. You sit there, don't think so. It, it is, and if it hasn't, it's going to. So when the traffic lights came, she was introducing another terrible, cruel 
very nasty control and restrictive control system on this country. So the warning was out that when these traffic lights, so it was the 3rd of December. So the 2nd of December, I was talking to my mate Andre, and we were great mates. The thing was, he's vaccinated and I wasn't. By the 3rd of September, when the mandates came in, and now the, she gave privileges and rights, and, and all of the things were fairly much open to those who were vaccinated, doubly vaccinated. You can enter shops and you can go and get a haircut. You can go to events and some of them, there's still some restrictions. And to punish, so that she was giving punishment, she said, to those who weren't vaxxed, because by choice, that is a health choice for me. Because I've got a good immune system. And I haven't had COVID. I know I'm not denying it's not there, but I just did not. It's just my choice. Hey, what ice cream flavor do you want? Uh, Hokey pokey or boysenberry? And you say hokey pokey. I'm not going to say, no, 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 mate. You can't have hokey pokey. You've got to have that boysenberry. Now, what are you going to do? In times past, before you were bewitched, you would have said, F off. (laughs) I'm I'm having the hokey pokey. You go... If you don't want that, then mug her off. You know, I'm going to go and have it. you know what I mean? But what's changed now? They say, what do you want? And you'll say, well, I want the boysenberry. Well, if you take the boysenberry, I'm going to take away this from you and take away that from you and stop you from going there. And you go, what? That's right. So you look at that and you say, whoa, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my thing at the gym and my haircut and my can't go there. You look at the boys with ice cream, and at that moment, you're standing with your dignity. You're standing with the very, the very deepest of you. Maybe it's a moment of reflection and true, and true, uh, if you like, an inventory of what really is inside you. Well, gee, you know, I love money, so you, you grab it on the conditions. Now, you're done. In the sense that you've now had one, you've been conditioned to take something against the power of your decision making, your choosing. So you've lost, you've lost one of the most powerful things that you possess, the power to choose, the power to be. That's connected intrinsically to your self-image, right? To the very core of who you are is connected to that. And when you did that, you did not realize that you actually compromised everything about you that's going to be now passed on to your children and your grandchildren. You, you, you're going to now, because you, what do they say? If you, you, know, you jump you know, you're, um, too far out on the diving board now and you can't come back because there's a line and you don't want to jump and they're saying, jump, jump. And you've got to do it, so you jump. Once you jump, you're gone. You'll be back now and you say, I want a boysenberry ice cream. Good, she says. What do you want today? Boysenberry ice cream. Boysenberry ice cream. Boysenberry ice cream. Boysenberry ice cream. And then they turn around and say to you, what are you guys eating hokey pokey for? Take boysenberry ice cream because hokey pokey's dangerous. And your hokey pokey ice cream is in danger now. Boysenberry ice cream. That's what's happening. So now, 
I don't know the country she's peddling. I don't know the country that Jacinda Ardern and the Labour government and complicit as National Act and Māori Party, they're all in it, as far as I'm concerned, they've allowed over two years to stop this or do something to throw their political careers at them, even if it meant down in their parties, to say, you, you are violating and abusing the public of New Zealand. The citizens of New Zealand, you've taken away the power of their choice. You've taken away their rights. The Bill of Rights has been kicked to the curb and you have now made your own rules and you've strangulated my country. It's no longer New Zealand. She is creating what I call Jacinda land. This is not New Zealand you're living in. That one's gone. She hijacked it and she's now brought in Jacinda land. So the traffic lights... We're a time now where she was going to bury the hatchet and then finally set the die where this country called New Zealand is gone. Welcome to Jacinda's socialist state. So the traffic lights was to take this deal further. Right? So when the traffic lights came in, that now put the wedge in, and she used the privileges that the vaccinated have to keep them tied into her bewitching, hooked in. You know what I'm saying? So they, so they got a little bit of freedom, a little bit of, you know, you can do this and that, but they still got restrictions. Can you believe this? So that 84% of the population, they call it 90, it might be, I don't know, 3.5 million. 3.5 million people, yay. They felt they're free. That's false freedom. <laughs> Meantime, 1.3 or 4 million people on the other side, uh, not all, they're not, I'm not talking about anti-vaxxers, I'm just talking about people who are trying to deal with the choices of their life and to have their freedom and rights. I ain't an anti-vaxxer. I'm against and opposed to bad vaccines that haven't been tested properly over at least 10 years or more. Not six, six months or six years or even throw it down to all around the world and inject everybody. Can you, can you understand what I'm saying? So, so now she says, right, this is the one that says she's, she's mandated. And that's what happens. But for these people, the unvaxxed, I'd say, right, or those that are sitting on the fence and have... Or, you know, even some people have had one jab but have decided not to have the second one. Or you're even up to your booster, but you've decided I'm not going to the booster. I'm not going to have any more. The, the eyes have opened up and are saying, no, something smells rotten here. So, so, so understand this. She has, she has basically, uh, she's state-mandated Exclusion. And this came from the Human Rights uh, Commissioner. State mandated exclusion. That's the words he used. He came out, remember he got attacked for it, but he came out and he said, this is state mandated inclusion, uh, exclusion. Is that right? right? Yep, I got it. Yep. That's what it is. So I saw this because now what she was doing 
Well, she is, she's put a clear line down there and said, for all the unvaxxed, you can't have the privilege of going to swimming pools, public libraries. You cannot go to gyms. You cannot go to the school grounds, parents, by the way. So if your children there, and there's separation, or the midwifery, you're talking about some of the places in hospitals, doctors, you're talking about mates' places, you're talking about our whole... It's just, we're just, we're cut off from services and public amenities and all of that stuff. Can you believe that? Can you believe that somebody is that mean that is saying to 1.3 million people, you're not going to have these privileges. You're not going to be able to get this. You're not going to go there. I'm shutting them down to you. These people have got a passport and you haven't got anything. I'm going to, I'm going to get you to be in such a sore place that you'll be forced to be jabbed. Now, if you still hold your line, you 1 million people, you good good thing you, you one million people. If you hold your line, then in 2022, round about March, April, I'm going to bring in compulsory vaccination. After I jab your children, you'll be forced to. So if you don't, if we resist the children, if we make enough noise, they, they may take it to the schools and do it at the schools without you even knowing. They'll jab your children without your, you knowing. Saying that your kids were showing signs of sickness or they're a, they're a health hazard to the other kids. Can you get this? So all the vaccinated who are supposed to be vaccinated because they would feel better about their safety are actually scared of you. <laughs> and the, the ones that are getting upset, I'm surprised and how angry the vaxxed are at the unvaxxed. Saying you, B-A-S-T-A-R-D-S, should be getting vaxxed so we can move to freedom quicker. Do you like that? Run, run, quick, run quicker to the cliff and jump over quicker. So we... <laughs> hurry up and run to the cliff so we can all be happy and free. They've already had a taste that she lied about that when she went to the second. Now I'm saying the third. And she rang up and got a call from, you know, um, Mr. Global in charge of um, the uh, One World Order and said, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? The Transformers are on their way. Omnicran, Omnicran, isn't it? Omnicran, something like that. Omnipotent. <laughs> it's everywhere. So uh, can, we, can you deliver it now, please? Uh, take it to Christchurch and seven people that have mixed. We're going to need that now because I'm going to get these guys in 2022 when they come. I've given them a little bit of freedom so we don't get that protesting crowd too popular. Because that Brian Tamaki and his crew, they're starting to get through to some of them. Yeah. So, so they get another variant. There's always going to be variants. So this is what she does, okay, right? So she thinks we're going to force us to break. I'm going to have to because I've got no money, nothing. No, 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 no. I looked at this, and this is what the Holy Spirit said to me the other day. I looked at that st um, state-mandated exclusion. That's the negative of it, I thought. He's right. State-mandated means that they're um, excluding, sorry. They're excluding a whole portion of this nation, around about one million. What happened to the team of five million? I, I'm for the team of five million. Well, you just cut one million off your five million and said to us, we're not a part of your five million. Yes. 
They are us. That's what she said? They are us. I'm not one of them. When the traffic lights came in, she cut me out. Now suddenly, we are looked at as being social lepers. You know, we're, we're, socially, we're socially ostracized, and now we're looked on a second class. Even, you know, you go, you can't, no, you can't shop here. If you got, uh, you're one of them, get out, you know. We're treated like, no, you can't come in there. You're unvexed. So immediately, she's created two classes of people, right? She, she officially was caught on tape by a journalist saying, now, is this right? There's traffic lights come in that you are creating. I mean, honestly, this is the time where she slips out of it, you know, and doesn't. You are creating two classes of people, two groups of people, and, and, and you've got some segregation going here and some, you know, medical apartheid. She says, well, you know, I suppose you can't put it any other way. That's it. Yep, yep, yes. Wow. Now, if I understand this, tell me. She is the Prime Minister. She's the most powerful woman in this country. And she, listen to this, her, her government have sole power. There is no, you know, the MMP was that you'd have, you know, um, political partners and you'd have, you know, these um, coalitions. Nah, nah, straight through. They've got the whole lot. It's got unbridled. She's, she's a power all in herself. Her authority's big. She says, this is what we're going to do. She does it. That happens. She rules with an iron fist. So what she says goes. What she says, that's what it is. Say what you want, but it is. Okay? This is what she did. This is the other side. I saw, I saw this. When she said, state mandated exclusion. I looked at that and I thought, then a sudden light bulb went on. She state-mandated a new nation. Oh, that, that'll come to you for her. By the word of her mouth, she's just pushed a million people out. And, and this is the problem. We've got to re-identify, redefine ourselves because she's using the second class, downtrodden. You're not going to make it. You're not worthy. See, she's working psychologically on those people, making us all fruitcakes, nutcakes, and those are the ones that are the lepers of life. That's how they're treating us. So we need to quickly redefine our identity. Because if, you, if, you allow, if we don't do anything and allow them to define us, then that's what you'll be. But if we define ourselves and say, hold on a moment, I just found out here something that I heard over in a little place in Whakatane that the Prime Minister of New Zealand actually inaugurated officially from her mouth, which is the most powerful mouth in New Zealand, and there is no power bigger than her, and she's used to making decisions by herself because she has unbridled soul power. She just said over this country of New Zealand, this, she said there are now two people. There's this group, and then there's this group. Well, we know what this group is, but we don't quite yet know what this group is. So I saw at the mandating of traffic lights, she has given authority for a new movement 
a new community, a new nation to actually now exist. All right. Can I just, can I just, could you, I ain't got to understand what I'm saying. She, she said it out of her mouth. It's been mandated. So she is actually, I didn't get hop up and start it. I've talked about, you know, things that God said. What did he say? God said to, to, the, uh, to his own people, he took them into Egypt. Just quickly, you know what Egypt means? Egypt means limited. A hard place. A squeezing place. Egypt means a limited land. When God took his people Joseph and his family, and Joseph carried the dream, remember? He took them into, right into the middle of Egypt. Oh, gee, I'll read this to you. But he, when he took Joseph in and he did his work with him to get him to the right place, because Egypt was a limited place. It was a place that was an enslaving place. That's exactly the spirit that's on Jacinda Ardern and the Labour government. They, they have that. So I want to read this to you quickly. Wow. Yeah, just give me another five minutes. You wait around on telly too, because you, when you get this, now this is what happened. So God said to them, you're not just going to go into Egypt, the land, and actually just mix in with them. He said, I'm going to set aside a place called Goshen. So right, so you, you got Egypt, right? Egypt was, the, was a land. And then there was the Egyptian government. Pharaohs ruled. Very oppressive. Remember God coming to them? What did he send to them to release his people? Plagues. You got it? Plagues. This is a relevant story. Listen to this. Plagues and pandemics. Ten of them. Ten of those. <laughs> you still got a few more to come here. All right? You want to know how long this is going to go on? How long is, how long is this COVID going to go on? I'll tell you. I'll show you. He put them in. He said, God, he said this, you shall dwell in the land of Goshen. Goshen means basically a place that is a prosperity, a place of power, a place of protection. So what was happening in their camp couldn't really touch their camp. You got me? <laughs> what was happening in Egypt couldn't touch these people in Goshen. What was, happening, what was happening in Jacinda land, what was happening with Jacinda and the vaxxed could not touch this people, the unvaxxed. And any time you can leave that one and you can leave this one, that one's full of control. It's full of restrictions. It takes away your freedom and it takes away your rights. It'll cause you to go crazy to break down your family. It'll cause mental misery on you. They will take your jobs, crash your businesses. They make false promises and they will use medical procedures to try and subdue you and they will lead you to a place of socialism that will absolutely crush your potential and take away from you. Over here is the land of the brave and the free. And the brave and the free have decided to not be a part of that country. So in here they have free, they're free to travel, free to do work, free to be business, free to be a parent, free to do you. Absolutely need nobody's permission and you're living in a place where that is making you thrive. It's healthy, it's wholesome and God's there, the gold's there and the glory's there. I mean, 
I, I'm telling you something. Listen to this. Okay, just hold on. Listen to this. Look at this. It says, you dwell on that land of Goshen and you shall be near to me. Wow. So the further you get away from this group, the further you get away from God. Now I've got news for you. The country and the government that Jacinda's building, God's not in it. No, he isn't. So the deeper you're in that, the further you are away from Christ. Christ doesn't crush people. Christ doesn't kill people. Christ doesn't mentally abuse you. Christ does not take your family down. Christ does not take away your income. Christ does not force you to take injections. Christ does not force you to be apart from your whanau. Christ does not stop you from hugging your family. Christ does not stop you from seeing off your, your dead, beautiful, passed on relatives. Christ does not block you into your place in your house and thumbs you down and controls the life out of you. She stood up and said, I am the source of all truth. She was immediately competing, the two J's. Jacinda was competing with Jesus. She said, I'm the source of all truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. So what's going on here then? That's what she said. And then Jesus says, I will never turn anyone away. He who comes to me, and he said, I will never turn anyone away. Then how come she's divided us with the traffic lights and said now and just totally segregated, mandated and excluded 1.5 million Kiwis who grew up in this country, who've got family, who believe, who believe in the best of our country and our future, who've been just told you cannot go to that place, you cannot go to the library, you cannot swim in the swimming pools, you cannot go to those malls, you cannot go over here, you cannot go to the schools, your kids cannot do this, you can't do that, you can't mix with us, you lepers. But I saw the negativity of that and suddenly the Holy Spirit showed me, yes, uh, state-mandated exclusion. What about state-mandated new nation? She, she, just, she just pronounced out of the word of her authority. So we got every right to start a new country. <laughs> yeah. Now, if any of you may say, oh, who are you? We've been trying to get sovereignty for years. We're trying to do this and that. I said, no, no, we didn't start it. Our Prime Minister gave us the go-ahead. and yeah, yeah. Our Prime Minister, out of our mouth, gave the mandate, here's a new state. Now, look, listen to this. Listen, look at this. Oh, I've got some more to come here. So your children's children, your flocks and your herds that you all have, I will look after them and I will provide for you lest you and your household come to ruin or poverty for there are still five years of COVID. Sorry about that. That's uh, chapter 45, verse uh, 10. There's five years of COVID. Okay. Get, get, a, get a load of this one. Really? Chapter 40, 47, verse 8. So Israel, these are the unvaxxed. Right? These are the ones vaccinated, can join it anytime you like, and the blood of Jesus can deal with what's in your blood that poisons you. That's the only thing. Now listen to this. So this, this is mandated state, new country. 
right? Look at this. So Israel, they dwelt in the land of Egypt in the country of Goshen. Right? So, and it goes on to say, and they had possessions. They had all they needed, and they grew, and they multiplied exceedingly. Hold on here, hold on here. It says they, they, they lived in the land. Then it says in the country of Goshen. So there's a difference between the land and the country. You know what a country is? It's a nation that has its own government. That's what it means. You can do your own research. A country means it's a nation with its own government. So it's got nothing to do with the land. That's where you get the land is what you live on. That's where your water and your trees and flowers and fruit and veggies. So land is not what we're talking about. We're talking about a nation. A nation is is a large body of people who decide to get together. United Nations says that at any time a large group of people get together and decide that the government they're under is is now abusive, controlling, and damaging, those people have a right to stick up a flag and begin to say, we are no longer living under those terms. Now listen to this. Okay, listen to this. Look, look, look. So country means it's a nation that has its own government. That's, That's the legal term for country. So a country, you can have, so hold on a moment. So that, what was Egypt? That was a country. But the land was, had nothing to do with the, the governments or the policies, the values and the beliefs on it. You got it? Yeah. Uh, stay with me. Hold, stay with me. So even though they were in the land called Egypt with the Nile River and all of the green lush stuff that had nothing to do with the quality or the, the, uh, the beliefs or the progress or the prosperity or the poverty or the poorness of the people. Nothing. It had everything to do with those people who formed a nation based on certain values, certain beliefs, certain structures, and certain you know, uh, rules and regulations that they provided for themselves to get the very best for them to be able to live in peace, prosperity, and harmony. Ah, that's a good word. So it is saying this, it's saying this, that it doesn't matter about the land. This is New Zealand, but you can have a number of countries in the one land. Okay? No, 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 no. This, this is, so, so in Deuteronomy, God says in chapter 4, verse 33, who's seen such a thing that I did, God says, when I went into a nation and took a nation without, out of another nation? That's right. That's in there. Yeah, yeah, Deuteronomy 4, and it's probably up here. There it is. And it's the next verse. And he, took, he takes a nation from out of another nation. In other words, he knew all the time within amongst all of the people that were in the land, right? He would, there were some people that just could not take the abuse and the violation from a government, from a country, right? So God gave them Goshen. Now, the Goshen meant a place of prosperity. It was different. So they weren't isolated. No, they weren't isolated. They were separate. So, so the Israelites were still amongst the Egyptian people. The Egyptians, their values in that was enslavement, oppression, right? ruling with an iron hand of control. That's Jacinda land. We got it right under our nose right now. So she sat in there. When she said, 
I am now putting a division between my Egyptian land, my people, government, country, that I'm ruling by my government, and we can all see what my government is, force you to take a medical procedure, break down families, crush your business, send you out of your jobs thinking because you wouldn't take an injection. Now I'm going to hurt a group of people. What she was doing is she didn't know, but she thought she was punishing you, right? She thought she was harming you. So here's what God says. Even though they meant it for evil, I meant it for good. So, so it wasn't punishing us. It was mandating us to now raise a flag. <laughs> now, I'm talking to the pure bloods. Pure bloods, right? Some pure bloods. So I understand that our Māori, uh, say maybe a couple of Māori words I can slip out here, is called iwi tapu. Yeah. And you know when you know tapu means clean. There is no reason why we were building up this whole thing. But I'm just saying now that God has already been forming and getting ready for this new nation to be mandated. And I thought, how are we ever going to do this? And I mean, I, I could see this. And God says, I'll pull a nation out of another nation. I will pull a people out from amongst another people. I will develop a community in amongst a community. And you will not be like them. You will not live like them. And you'll not decide by them. But boy... Once a despot government has got power, it does not want to give it up. So we could not say it from the ground and say, we're starting a sovereign country. My brother's man, I, I've been waving flags and I've been waving statements, you know, about from Whakaputanga, the Treaty of Waitangi. It could be, um, you know, the group over here wants to start something and another one wants to do something. And, um, you know, the whole lot of things. And John Key wants to rip the flag down. And some wanted to attack the national anthem. Some want a country without Māori. Some want a country with Māori in charge. Some want two of them together as one and we all just lose everything and be one people. That's a whole mismatch of stuff out there, man. So um, I'm saying, God, I'm not quite sure. I've been walking. And then suddenly she, she prances out and sits down and says, and she says, there are going to be two classes of people. Gonna, there's going to be two peoples in this nation. And that's when I got it. The, the gate was opening and I thought, damn. Oh, I thought, wow. I would have never seen that. I would have never got her in a million, million, million times, 10 million years if I said, Jacinda, can you mandate a new nation for us, fellas, please? That we can be free and we can have our own government because we'll be a country. You know, I mean, Jacinda, can we just please ask you to separate out of amongst all your rubbish, the pure bloods and those that don't agree. Could you please... She, they would, I wouldn't even got, I wouldn't even got an audience. I wouldn't even got near past old Willie Jackson. You know what I mean? True. So it has to come from there because it can't work from here because it doesn't have authority. And don't forget, don't forget what's sovereign in our country is Parliament. Parliament made themselves a sovereign Parliament. That's why our Bill of Rights don't work. And I've been in three judges now and I've seen it. Parliament is sovereign. So Jacinda, and I'm going back and I'm done here. She is, she is the sole authority. She's the power in the country. Now Jacinda 
Somebody gets that message to her. You cannot take this back because you spoke it live. You, you are asked the question whether you are creating two peoples in this nation, two classes, and you gave your yip, yip, yip three times. That's, that's what it is, you said. Out of your mouth, you have mandated, state mandation from a, a minister, a, a, an authority that's in government now, and the top one at that didn't come from one of the lower ones. It come from the prime minister herself, who has mandated that all the, un, all the unvaxxed and those who are vaxxed and are seeing this can join the new, new free land called, called the New Zealand that we knew before that was free. It's a, it's a land of the brave. It's the land of the free that will let their lives be not limited and be controlled any longer by what you're doing. So now I officially declare, even if it's in this room, and my, and my, my New Year's resolution. What's up, Baba Shianda? Right out. Yes, sir. I'm not going into a new nightmare. I'm going into a new year with a new country. And this new country is the New Zealand that I knew all the way through. So, our New Zealand resolution is that the beginning of a new country, and that, that means a country is a nation that has its own government. So we will be taking back the freedom and the way we lived in the New Zealand that we knew with the national anthem that said, God defend New Zealand, God defend our free land. Jacinda land cannot sing God defend the free land because it's not free. She cannot God defend New Zealand because she's building a socialist country. So the national anthem cannot be sung by anybody who is trusting this Labour government and is trusting and following Jacinda Ardern. You are committing treason against my country you hijacked and then you spat out to the side to introduce something foreign and unwanted by New Zealanders. So now I declare by the change of the new year, so the resolution is of New Year's Eve, we are now transferring and exiting out of Jacinda land in Egypt and we are entering the promised land of our New Zealand, which is the free land God defend New Zealand. God defend our free land. We are taking our country back and we are forming a new government because a country is a nation with its own government. And Jacinda, I want to remind you, and I'm over and out. You mandated it out of your own mouth by saying there are two separate people in this country. Thank you very much for empowering us to begin and get back our freedoms. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yes. And I think we're going to be celebrating this pretty soon in early January. When we'll all meet in 
the North Island somewhere and the South Island, there's two, these two, nation, uh, two countries that are going to now have the changeover because we're going to be putting a mighty stand up to say that every parent that cares for their children and cares for their babies. We're telling the government from Jacinda land that is not a part of our country, you're not touching our babies. Our babies are our treasure. They are our future. And you will not be needling them. So we'll be meeting in the North Island and we'll be meeting somewhere in the South Island, Christchurch. Yet to be putting a date on it. It may be the date, what's the week after the 8th? The weekend, the Saturday. 15th. I'd say the 15th I'm aiming for. And we're looking at something like 100,000 plus in the North Island and 100,000 plus in the South Island. That gives us two... 200,000 people and then we will say to the rest of the 1 million that are not in the 5 million family any longer you are welcome to join the New Zealand that we got back that Jacinda tried to hijack so I'll let you know about that as I said some things here I'm just saying they're a meeting of parents I never said about any protests I'm not ranging or organising a protest I hereby say I am not organising a protest <laughs> it's a big family day and we're bringing our kids to say that we love our children and we're making a stand. I'll give you further notice. Okay. All right. I better let you go. Oh, you've been really good. Let's put up a, a good punch in the air. And, hallelujah. Yes, sir. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray today. I pray for every person that's hearing right now in this room and right down that lens of that camera. And if you've watched us and you've heard something, you've heard it today. There is now in motion a new nation, a nation not just of the unvaxxed, a nation of those who care for their families, who care for their jobs and their livelihoods, who care for our freedoms and our rights. Now we know that Jacinda inaugurated a new country when she split us down the middle by saying there are two peoples. Jacinda, you are right. There is just two peoples. There is Jacinda land, and now we have just resurrected the New Zealand that the soldiers died for, that we stand for, we lived in the freedom of, and our rights are intact. That's the New Zealand that we have now in this country. So we are saying we are exiting your Jacinda land. A mass exodus is leaving Jacinda land, and we will now be establishing the free land of New Zealand again. All right. So God bless you. And thank you so very much. Thank you, Fakatani.